and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 81st episode of the podcast for the week of December 16th, 2019. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic, and this week I am so happy to welcome back San Diego-based professional astrologer and author at Big Sky Astrology, the fabulous April Elliott Kent. And we're going to be having a discussion on Capricorn and Eclipse Season 2019. So before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest, because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me here today. And if you'd like to show appreciation for my work, you can consider signing up for my Patreon page over at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. I also have a tip jar if you'd like to make a one-time donation, which you can find over at energeticprinciples.com. And I will remind people once again that I will not be on air next week, but I will be back on December 30th with an episode with Gray Crawford, and we are going to be discussing the astrology of 2020. So I hope you will meet us there. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady starts out the week in the fixed fires of Leo as she continues to wane down in light after last week's full moon in Gemini. On Tuesday, she glides into the practical earth of Virgo and where she will head towards her last quarter moon position on Wednesday evening here in North America. She then makes her way into the relationship-oriented airs of Libra on Thursday, where she will remain until she moves her little silvery crescent into the passionate waters of Scorpio on Saturday, and where she will stay for the rest of the weekend. Now, just a quick heads up, all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe, at about eight hours, and if you are in Australia or the East, at about 17 hours, you know, basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make to one another, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. Well, my friends, we have quite a week before us. Obviously, we are at the solstice time, and we will have our solstice usher in Capricorn and, essentially, the eclipse season. We also have Mars making a sextile to both Saturn and Pluto. We have Venus, who is ingressing into Aquarius, to then sextile Chiron and square Uranus. And good old messenger Mercury is going to be coming around to square Neptune. So let us waste no time and dive right in. 
On Monday, we start out the week with the moon in Leo, and she will make a very early morning square to Mars and then a trine to the sun throughout the day. Now, the bottom line for Monday is is that we are coming down from the weekend's Jupiter-Uranus trine and are likely to feel that expansive energy throughout the day as life moves forward, objectives narrow, and we have a revitalized perspective around where we are headed. Now, the Leo moon in a trine with the Sagittarius sun gives the inspiration and the fire to follow the heart's impulses as we become continually enlightened at this time. So this is a great day to learn something authentic about yourself and how you can incorporate that into the next chapters to come. Now, I know I was gone during Jupiter trining Uranus, but if you want to uh, hear a few words about that, you can go back and listen to Jack and I's uh, forecast episode for Sagittarius season. And also, I think that April and I might mention something later in this program. So uh, do know if you want to go back and check that out. Now, on Tuesday, the moon is in Virgo now, and she will trine Uranus and Jupiter, uh, lighting up that Jupiter-Uranus trine, obviously, and then make a square to Mercury. So the bottom line for Tuesday is that today we have an Earth Grand Trine in full effect as we start the day here in North America, with that Virgo moon having trined into that Jupiter-Uranus energy. So we're really going to be feeling that aspect uh, probably late Monday, early Tuesday. And so it's likely to be busy in the workaday world as Luna makes a square to Mercury in Sag, with much communication and back and forth at play. Now, Mercury is on its way to square Neptune, though, so, you know, take your time, double-check your work, and let that Virgo moon help sort out the details of that Mercury-Neptune vision. Now, it may be a little bit sleepy in the evening, so take some time to chill out and recalibrate, or to just escape into a dream or some entertainment that is calling out to you. Meditation to music and maybe even a nice hot bath can, you know, be very soothing and restorative at this time on Tuesday. Now, on Wednesday, we have our last quarter moon in Virgo, and along the way, she's going to make an opposition to Neptune, she'll sextile Mars, she's going to trine Saturn and Pluto, and then, of course, square the sun, which gives us our last quarter moon. So the last quarter moon is happening at 26 degrees and 58 minutes of Virgo, and that will perfect around 8.57 p.m. here on the Pacific Coast. So, you know, now we know that this is bound to be a, a powerful last quarter moon. You know, it's it's been a powerful lunar season in general because it's not only in a shifting, you know, mutable sign, uh, but it's also serving as the last tense configuration between the sun and the moon before we experience our upcoming solar eclipse on Christmas. So this is last quarter, you know, this last quarter moon is very much wrapped up in the Mars-Saturn-Pluto agenda that is on track for this week as Luna connects with these energies before she makes her crisis of consciousness connection. Now, luckily, Luna moves to trine Venus not long after, so even though our conscious and emotional awareness is being challenged, there is a healing vibe to this configuration that can help support movement in practical and tangible ways. As Virgo is a double-bodied, you know, Earth sign, we are likely moving on from old projects, routines, jobs, services, etc. You know, so we can set up conditions for the incoming plot line that is ready to seed in this upcoming eclipse season. So we are putting the final pieces into the puzzle and discerning the remaining details of how certain plans are going to work out. And as long as we don't get caught up emotionally in the hyper-reality of all the moving parts, which, you know, sometimes a Virgo moon can do, we should be in a good place. 
Now, we are also valuing our worth more and have our eyes set on success. And if there are still burdens weighing us down, we are likely to want to make moves to nip whatever is impeding our progress in the butt. Now, the bottom line for Wednesday is, is that pay attention to dreams as Luna was opposing Neptune while we slept, and that always brings some active dream play. So here we have a dynamic day of shifting on the earthly plane as that last quarter moon trines into all the Capricorn action while also lighting up Mars's sextile to Saturn and Pluto because Mars is coming around to that configuration as well. Now, with any last quarter, there could be tension, yet I think we will be making tangible moves that lead us down the right path, and this could be a pivotal day in the upcoming Eclipse Saturn, you know, Eclipse and Saturn-Pluto story. So look to Wednesday as kind of a shift. So I guess we could say that there is a sense of, uh, you know, quote-unquote finishing touches (laughs) to the energy of this day. Now, on Thursday, the moon is in Libra, and she will go on to trine Venus and then square Jupiter. Now, there's a couple things happening on Thursday. We have Mars making a sextile to Saturn. We have Mercury squaring Neptune. And then, you know, late in the day, we have Venus ingressing into Aquarius, where she will begin her own transit story here shortly. So let's talk about that Mars-Saturn sextile. So, you know, Mars, that's our, that's our warrior. That's how we go out and do things, where we assert ourselves, what motivates us. Uh, and we have uh, what's motivating us is Saturn, basically, right? right now in this sextile position because sextiles are opportunities. They open the door for us and they help we can work together with the energy. And so Saturn, you know, we are driven towards structure right now, commitment, you know, authority, uh, the long-term of things, reorganizing, but also, you know, Saturn can draw the line and have boundaries and or put structure around things. You know, Mars and uh, Saturn are both in a, you know, a water and an earth sign. So this has that, uh, as Christina put in the Jupiter in Capricorn episode, you know, this is kind of a a creating that container that she was talking about. So we get this form here. So now keep in mind that there's kind of a Mars, Saturn, and a Mars-Pluto story that's been playing out for some time now because Mars first trined Saturn back on September 8th, uh, around right before our Pisces full moon. And then Mars did the square to Saturn on October 27th. So you may want to look back at those dates just to get a, you know, a little flavor to how that, Mar- that Martian story is progressing in your life. Uh, But, you know, this week we have the opportunity to continue to build and put our foundation into place. Now that Mars and Scorpio is focused on its agenda and ready to make cuts while also moving, you know, to create that form I was talking about. So if you need to plan something out or to draw a line anywhere in your life, this is the perfect time to do so as we have a better understanding and a more receptive stance around where we are headed next. And our action drive will be synced up with our inner architect as we uh, move forward towards long-term commitments. Now, we are likely thinking about what we would like to achieve in life and what it is going to take to get there, while also recognizing that this is more of a tortoise race than that of a hare. So take your time, lay out your game plan, and set your sights on the distant prize. Now, with Mercury square Neptune, it's a funny little configuration here uh, because Mercury, you know, that's our messenger. That's how we communicate, you know, the calls that come in, the news we read, the emails we get, you know, how we perceive things and now that, you know, those kind of how the brain downloads. Uh, And squares, you know, these are... These are some type of tension and friction and uh, challenge around there, but it's also an activation point where, you know, those 
two planets are extra juiced up. Uh, and so what, what juice do we have? Well, that is Neptunian juice. And Neptune is a, can be a very spiritual inspiration. It can be very dreamy. It uh, can bring about, uh, you know, the dissolving influence or some, of something or uh, loss, you know, um, but also confusion or where we might doubt or just a little haze around what's going on. So ne- with Mercury, you know, also meeting Neptune. This is an interesting addition to what is seemingly a business-oriented period, right? With Mars sextile Saturn here, and then the Moon trying or Moon preparing to get into that action too. So you know, part of all, uh, part of us is all business and has the clarity and the pragmatism of the Mars Saturn connection. Yet our minds are challenged by a more inspirational and dream-oriented space. And so I think this is, you know, can be helpful in imagineering the visions we would like to create. So that may be able to help Mars and Saturn on their agenda. You know, we got one, or got, had our heads in the clouds, <laughs> but our feet on the ground. Uh, and married together, that can actually work quite well. But do know, though, part of you may feel, you know, rooted in the ground while the rest is in the clouds. So just Give some space and some downtime if you can to just dream, you know, give yourself that space to imagine. Now, our minds may just be a little sleepy too, and we may have, you know, to go at a little bit of a slower pace than usual, or it could have that Mercury retrograde vibe to it. And it's also possible that we will be hearing news or communicating news ourselves where we are releasing or dissolving some aspect of the story that no longer fits the plan moving forward. So take your time, relax or meditate when you can, and spend some time near water if possible, as you may find that it activates your creativity and your inner vision. Now, with Venus, our gal Venus is moving into Aquarius. Uh, so, you know, what seemed like a very speedy tour through Capricorn, I swear she had just rocketed through there, you know, Venus is now entering another Saturn-ruled sign after being initiated by the conjunction agendas of both Saturn and Pluto around the time of our full moon. So, you know, she just kind of went through her own transformation in many ways. But now in Aquarius, our goddess of love and attraction is detaching a bit and taking a more intellectual approach to relations and creative potentials. She's feeling called to innovate and step above to gain a higher perspective around her own needs and love, and especially in the realms of friendships. This is a social Venus, so be sure to get out and about and meet some new people along the way, as she likes to connect with others while also having the freedom to come and go as she pleases. And so this can also be a period where we are upgrading our value systems to version 2.0 and where we can release old attachments and invite in what matters most as we move into the future. So Venus will be in Aquarius until January 13th. Now, the bottom line for Thursday is that partnerships, teamwork, and interactions with others takes precedence as the Libra moon is helping to stoke the communication lines with the agenda of regaining balance and harmonizing our efforts. So put your social hats on as there's likely to be a a lot of back and forth with others on Thursday. And so we are pushing forward the Jupiter and Cap agenda as Luna squares in. So there is likely to be an element of collaboration and cooperation to get, uh, you know, on with our agendas. Like we're going to have to work with other people to get what it is we're trying to manifest here. So now keep in mind that Venus is sitting at the last degree of Capricorn for the majority of the day. So do note that there may be a few tests in the area of relating and especially in work and business, uh, you know, especially with the Libra moon as well. So, 
you know, yeah, there's, even though there could be tension there, I think there can also be breakthrough too, uh, especially in relation to where Venus is heading. So let's go on to Friday. So we still have the moon in Libra on Friday, uh, and she will make a sextile to Mercury early in the morning and then go on to square our heavy hitters, Saturn and Pluto. And so the bottom line for Friday is, is that the first half of the day is likely to bring a lot of communication to the surface as the social Libra moon sextiles into the fires of Mercury and Sag. But keep in mind, the messenger is still square Neptune, so there may be a bit of a Mercury retrograde vibe in the air, like I was saying earlier. Now, a switch happens around midday on Friday as that weight of Saturn in Pluto is triggered, uh, which could reflect itself in our partnerships, you know, because the moon is in Libra. So know there is tension in the air, yet our intellect is receiving foreshadowing for the upcoming Saturn-Pluto dynamic that will have its pivotal moment in early mid-January. So the mind is on change for the sake of balance and equilibrium equilibrium in life. So we will be challenged to put down the right boundaries and make the necessary changes. Or we may find that those lines are drawn by other people at this time. So if you encounter tension, know that it is par for the course uh, on Friday, basically. Now, on Saturday, the moon is still in Libra, but she will move to Scorpio super early in the morning here. So you can consider Saturday pretty much a moon in Scorpio day, at least here in North America. But along the way, she'll sextile the sun. She's going to square Venus. She'll oppose Uranus. And then she will sextile Jupiter. Now, Saturday's got a handful of things happening too, or at least energy that's coalescing. You know, we have the sun ingressing into Capricorn and essentially our solstice day. We also have the energy of Venus squaring Uranus uh, and sextiling Chiron. It's not quite exact on Saturday, but, you know, Saturday, Sunday, we're going to be feeling this action. So let's talk about that sun ingressing into Capricorn in the solstice first. And may I be the first to say, or I don't know if I'm the first, but at least in this podcast, happy solstice to all. And so here we are at the point here in the Northern Hemisphere of the shortest day and the longest night, or reversed if you are in the Southern portion of the globe, and where the seasons turn ushering in winter or summer, depending on your location. Yet this is not just any Capricorn season. This is the season we have been talking about all year. Now that the sun joins the Capricorn party and adds a dose of solar light to Saturn's agenda. Now we may feel as if we are atlas as additional weight gets put on our shoulders, yet we are purposely bearing the load as we know we have responsibility to ourselves and to, you know, get our plans in motion. Now, of course, April and I will be talking all about Capricorn and eclipse season later in the program, so stay tuned for more on that. Now the sun will be uh, in Capricorn until January 20th. Now, with Venus making a square to Uranus and a sextile to Chiron, you know, Venus, she's our relationship planet. She's our attraction planet. She helps balance things and harmonize things um, and also works within our value system. Now, squares, we know that they can bring some tension, but they definitely bring action in events to the surface. And a lot of times with squares, what we encounter, uh, you know, they're nobody's fault. It just is what it is. Now, with the sextile to Chiron, keep in mind, you know, that's, these are opportunities. This is a door to open. Uh, and Chiron does help trigger us, but with the eventuality of having a healing opportunity within that. So, 
Now, do note that the Chiron sextile is on Saturday, but the Uranus square is early morning on Sunday. But, you know, because the moon is squaring in from Scorpio on Saturday, I think we will be feeling it most then. So here our gal Venus immediately gets, you know, to the Aquarius party. uh, And then, you know, she starts by making the sextile to the wisdom-inducing Chiron. And then that square to shake things up Uranus. So, you know, she's really, you know, getting that party started. And so if you use modern rulerships, there may feel like there is a bit of a mutual reception going on between Venus and Uranus. As an Aquarian, Venus does not mind doing things differently. So do note that there is going to be electricity in the air when it comes to relating with others. We are likely to feel pretty restless and perhaps even a bit controversial as there is excitement and tension in the air. And this is a time where things may not go, you know, according to plan, or we may find that we are disrupted in the status quo to be, you know, prompted to innovate and go with, you know, about things differently. And so you may also feel like you're ready to kind of flip the proverbial table in many ways, Um, because Uranus can do that for sure. Now, with the sextile to Chiron, we may find ourselves a little triggered at first, yet I think we can actually find healing in the lack of current stability, as it's trying to shake out the old debris and lead us to new places. So approach this time with flexibility and go with the electric flow. Otherwise, you may find this influence to be a bit unsettling. So the bottom line for Saturday is is that the Venus-Uranus square is lit up by Luna, so expect the unexpected in relations today, especially with that Scorpio moon. Now, there is an electricity at this time that is giving an air of eccentricity to us all. So if you feel a little unlike yourself or you are dealing with someone that is acting out of character, know that we are all a bit quirky at this time. Now, in addition, we are quieting down from the lunar cycle, so we may all just need a bit of space to process, and, you know, we could get a little irritated or snippy if we are disrupted along the way. Now, all this static is leading us to growth, though, so find new perspective and a revised approach to your story. And keep in mind, most of Saturday has, you know, the sun at the last tested degree of Sagittarius, so there may be tests uh, in our learning process with that as well. Now, Sunday, Sunday fun day, we have the moon in Scorpio. Uh, She will go on to trine Neptune, sextile Saturn and Pluto, and then make a conjunction to Mars. And that is also the first day of Hanukkah. Now, uh, we also have Mars making a sextile to Pluto that day. And so we already know Mars came around to Saturn, and now it's on to the Plutonian journey. And so our focus drive and our assertion, our warrior self, is opening the door to Pluto, which is all about, you know, situations that bring change, purifying ourselves, you know, transforming some area of our lives. And a lot of times that is in the realm of deep emotions or, you know, getting us back into some sort of core integrity. Now, remember how I said in Sat- with the Saturn story, you know, Mars has also been having its own story with Pluto. And so if you want to look back at some, you know, dates, so you can look at Mars uh, trining Pluto from Virgo back on September 19th, and then Mars uh, squared Pluto from Libra on November 5th. 
So now with, you know, Mars meeting with Pluto on the same day that the Scorpio moon approaches a conjunction with Mars, you can bet that change will be in the air and we are ready to open the door to transforming our lives towards a renewed sense of integrity. Now, this may take place in our outer realms, but there is much happening on the inside as we seed into the darker cycle of the moon and are already in an introspective and receptive place. Now, this is also the time where we may get insight into our motivations for the Saturn-Pluto conjunction on January 12th, as this is the degree that it will take place on. Now, we are feeling passionate and ready to move on. And if there are any emotional strings, you know, that still tie us down uh, from the changes that lie ahead, I think we will have the opportunity to make some cuts and align ourselves, you know, willingly (laughs) to the reworked plan ahead. So honor the shifts that are in motion, take control where you can, and relinquish what is now out of your hands. So the bottom line for Sunday is that the tense connections to Saturn and Pluto have subsided and we are now ready to work with the energy by moving towards change and new foundations. The Scorpio moon conjunct Mars activates us emotionally to make cuts and proceed on our agendas that create new structures and greater integrity in our lives. And that trying to Neptune helps us to let go and accept these shifts. And by the end of the day, I, you know, I dare say we may feel like something has switched and the train is now on track. Uh, so now, I, like I said, I will not be on, you know, uh, next week. So I just will give you a little heads up to what's going to be going going down. Obviously, we're going to have our eclipse uh, that's going to happen on Christmas there, which April and I will be talking about. We'll also have the sun squaring Chiron uh, on December 23rd. So there's another kind of wisdom hit there that we might become aware of something, uh, one of our triggers and help move past that. And then the sun's trining Uranus too, so something is lifting. You know, we are we are lightening the load a bit, uh, and then we basically have an eclipse, and then the sun conjuncts Jupiter on December twenty seventh, which is always a highlight of the year for personal growth. And then we'll have Mercury move into Capricorn on the twenty eighth, and then go on to make its own square with Chiron on the 29th. So we do have an active week before us, but we are in between with that eclipse energy. So, you know, check my Instagram. I'm sure I'll do some posts there. So to wrap it all up, you know, this week we are standing in between two worlds as we close down this expansive Sagittarius season and head into the portal of change that the upcoming eclipses have in store. Relationships and commitments are likely to be tested, but there is also the capacity to build new ground in these areas, as Venus gets a Uranian makeover. Now, there may be moments that seem very Mercury retrograde this week, so if you feel a bit spacey, you know, take the time for introspection, especially as the moon wanes to a crescent. Because I believe with the right care and perspective, much healing will be on offer this weekend. Okay, so now let's take a look at the cards because they always add a little something, something, you know, uh, to look at here. And so this week I drew the Four of Cups as the focus and the Fool as the grounding. Now, with the Four of Cups as the focus, there will likely be an old emotional cycle that will be coming to an end this week as we find disillusionment or maybe a lack of interest in what may have seemed fulfilling before. Now, when this happens, it's the perfect time to go within and see what may not be jiving with you any longer, or where you've had enough and there is no longer joy in that area of life. 
Now, the four can be likened to the last quarter moon as the cycle has now run its course and it's time to release and reevaluate before moving on. So consider this a week of emotional introspection, especially as the moon moves into her darkest phase right before next week's eclipse. For a little downtime will allow us to hone in on what may have been satisfying us before, but now has lost its luster. Now, with the fool as the grounding, we are all standing at the precipice of life's proverbial cliff, as we are all changing tracks to support new journeys. Yet the four is stimulating the fool to examine what he is willing to take with him forward, as there's only so much room in his little hobo sack, and it can be challenging to create new life when you are still sitting in the stagnancy of the old. So let the fool invigorate you with the possibilities ahead as you feel out what is going to stay with you and what will be left to wash away. Now, on the flip side, as any good Mars and Gemini must play devil's advocate, the fool can be a bit impulsive. And as Mercury squares, squares Neptune, squares Neptune, uh, and Venus squares Uranus, you know, make sure you're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater in a moment of discontent. And everyone is different, so you will know which scenario resonates most in your life. Now, last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the whale. Our large mammalian water friend is here to tell us that it is time to honor your soul's path and get moving on the journey you were meant to undertake. Eclipse season can feel very kismet as you download your own sonar to help follow the vibrations towards your deepest truths. And it takes great strength and fortitude to dedicate yourself to the agenda of the soul. And part of the discontent we may feel with the four is coming from what is out of integrity and only satisfied the ego and not the soul's intent. So pay close attention to your inner urgings and yearnings this week and let them, you know, help to dictate your moves forward. Even if that means taking a risk or letting things go, you know, and trusting that the universe is guiding you in the right direction. All right, my friends, well, just a few little announcements here. I always give SDAS a shout out if you're in San Diego or in Southern California. And I will say that uh, I just a few nights ago, I have stepped into the role of presidency for our group. So, uh, you know, you can address me as Madam President now. <laughs> no, but uh, we have a fabulous group and we have a, a great offering in January as well. We are going to be doing a, a 2020 Astrology of 2020 panel uh, with our board. And then we're going to be doing a workshop on, uh, the following day. So we'll have our 2020 panel on January 10th, Friday, around 7 PM at the Joyce Beers Center. And then we will have our workshop the following morning at 10 AM in the same place. And this will be happening on the eclipse, the full moon eclipse. So what perfect time to talk about 2020. Now, of course, I do have my Astro Story Time, and uh, there was another episode that's in the works right now, and there's already four additional episodes if you sign up to Patreon. So it's only $6 per month to sign up for Astro Story Time, uh, and there's a, I'm creating a lot of content there, so there's actually a lot of back content for if you sign up now. So you can find out more about that at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. 
All right, let us meet our guest. All right, I am so happy to welcome back this week's very special guest. We have April Elliott Kent on the podcast. Thanks for joining me again, April. Light. Well, did I go away? <laughs> That's so funny because we, we were just talking about <laughs> technical problems. And the first thing you said, April, was all gone. There was no sound. <laughs> no. Well, do you hear me now? I do. Okay. And I'm leaving I mean, it in because I, I sound that. like a cell phone commercial. But no. let me go closer to my... I'm, I'm just getting ready to set up my own little recording booth in oh, my wow. office, but I'm not quite there yet. So everything's a little bit House of Cardsy. And I apologize if I move the wrong way in any direction. I think all <laughs> get very, very fancy. We're doing a very Uranian thing. I guess have Uranus square my Mercury. Oh, yeah. That the moment. That will do it. That will do it. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> hi and thank you. Thank you for having me. A delight. <laughs> oh, it's just so funny. We literally just talked like five minutes about technical oh, difficulties. Press recording. And here we are. We're the poster children for technical Yay. difficulties. Oh, I love it. So, well, April has been on the podcast a handful of times, and I seem to always bring her on. I coax her into eclipse season episodes because uh, she does have a background in eclipses, <laughs> and so yes. she'll bring her in. But for those who are not aware of April, will you share a little bit of your of your story with our folks. I'm very you? happy to. <laughs> I'm very happy to. I've been a professional astrologer uh, since 1990. So my business just had its Saturn return. Mm-hmm. And I'm not far behind with my second Saturn return. So that's happening. And I have a website called bigskyastrology.com where I've been publishing articles and tutorials and, and sundry stuff since about the year 2000, 1999 or 2000, something out for a while. I'm the author of three books, including The Essential Guide to Practical Astrology, which is a helpful A to Z primer on astrology. And what else? I have been the president of the San Diego Astrological Society, but of course that is about to change <laughs> at the beginning of the year. And um, I'm on a fan steering committee and what else? And I have a new podcast as well. So that is right. There. Yes. Th- what me. doesn't April do is the question. I'm <laughs> doing it all, girl. I'm doing it all. Yes. That fabulous yeah. Leo sun is just shining for all to see. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Any Leo planets. Yes. Well, we're definitely not talking about Leo today, though. <laughs> Oh, God. Poor old Leo is just getting quincunxed right and left. Yep. No Leo in the skies as we only our little moon visits uh, (laughs) right now. Uh, But it is all Capricorn. It is all Capricorn. And that is what we were going to be talking about here today is actually Capricorn, the Capricorn flip season, which uh, also, of course, starts off with our solstice, our, well, at least here in North America, we have our winter solstice, but depending on where you are, you're solsticing somewhere. Uh, And this is, you know, we were talking about before we hit record how over we are of Saturn and Pluto. <laughs> Sorry, Saturn and Pluto. We're so done with you. Yes, but uh, it will be uh, a miss to not mention them in this podcast today. We must give them their due because we will be, you know, harshly punished <laughs> if we don't. But like I was telling you before we started recording, I was talking to another friend and uh, who was saying, gosh, it seems like it's all astrologers have been talking about all year long is the Saturn and Pluto and it hasn't even happened yet. And 
I just said big things. That's how it happens. It's a gradual process. It's not just something where you wake up one day and, oh, here's this conjunction. We feel the mighty forces beginning to converge for a very long time. And the, and the, and the bigger the dictate of change coming from these big planets, the longer it takes. Yeah, that's right. And we know Saturn is never in a hurry, so. Never in a hurry. (laughs) He wants to really take his time with us. (laughs) And Pluto as well. So it's really been something. But I've been feeling really lucky. You've really had the brunt of it this year. But I've got nothing. I've got something at two degrees of cardinal and something at 25 degrees of cardinal. So I've been experiencing this through everybody else Mm. this year. My clients, my husband, who's got lots of stuff in in Libra, has been really getting it this year. So the fact that you're still standing upright, so it's full of you, my dear. (laughs) And I'm stronger for it. (laughs) You're stronger for it, because what's the choice? So, Well, I do have to say that this upcoming solar eclipse, you know, I think it's April and I share pretty close Venus and Cancers. And I know that we we are in the the line for that. Me a little bit more than you, but you're close enough, I'd say. When is size? I'm at two. What are you? Five? I'm four. Or uh, almost five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right in there. Venus. So, well, we shall see. Uh, we shall see. <laughs> that, that'll be my caveat for the whole podcast. We well, shall see. <laughs> and that's fair enough. But, but these are cyclical, like everything in astrology. So it behooves us to go back and look at what the past has shown us about these eclipses and when they're around these degrees and in the same part of your chart. And what have they brought your way? Right, So we know eclipses have a a couple of different cycles, but basically they're going to visit the same point in your chart every 19 years. Um, Are you, are you hearing concrete going on? No, luckily (laughs) we have a, we have a living example of Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn right outside my office right now. Perfect. Moving concrete around. So it's just perfect. So the last time we had eclipses at around this degree, we had one in June of 2010, which actually has not been that long ago. Mm-hmm. We had, um, and it, it would have been a lunar eclipse at this point, <coughs> excuse me, and back in June of 2002, and so on and so forth. You can, you can go back at, at uh, roughly nine to 10 year uh, increments to find out when you last had eclipses at this degree. We did have one on December 24th, 1992, and one on December 25th, 2000. So those are probably the most analogous to the, the big one that we have coming up on Christmas. Oh, December 25th and 2000? Yes. So, oh, yes. we had a Christmas eclipse on... Yes. Uh, that was my first Christmas in San Diego, now that I, really? I think about it. Yeah, I had moved across country. Oh, yeah. wow. That's oh, yeah. Interesting. Well, so, it's, so what house of your chart is that in? So that is in, well, that's looking at the ninth, third axis with Cap- mm-hmm. Capricorn and Cancer. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's, I moved that, I had Uranus on my IC at the time. And that summer when Classic. the eclipses started happening in uh, Cancer and Capricorn, that's when, when I moved. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't remember that Christmas per se. <laughs> I can va- I have a vague picture in my mind, but I remember that I was happy and I was getting settled, and it was a new it was a new life for me. Um, so mm-hmm. that that was good. And I was getting started with the business too. That was when I was actually. I, I remember now. It's all coming back, April. Oh, it's all rushing <laughs> it's, back. It's all rushing back. Actually, I had I was a part of this company. Um, how Capricorn eclipses this? I was part of this company when I moved out here. I had a friend via the 
the internet, uh, which was in its infantile days in, in 2000 yeah. there. Um, as you know, with the big sky astrology mm-hmm. starting then, uh, I had, uh, this job as a receptionist for this board sports company. And I was like, okay, I'll take it. You know, I'll answer phones till I get whatever. Uh, and then after I was there for a couple months, you know, it just seemed a little fishy because it, I had all these investors calling me wanting to speak to someone. Well, this Uh-oh. turned out to be a fraudulent company that I had no idea of. And they basically hired me to like offset people and my, my Scorpio. So like, I just, I... I can't, I'm not a good liar. Like I I can't, nor do I want to lie for someone. And I felt so bad for these people. My Pisces South node had to listen to some serious sob stories before the whole thing caved in. You know, they're basically run out of town. I didn't have a job anymore. Talk about a a Capricorn eclipse happening. And then I started my own own business to sell clothing at that point. So anyways, that's my 2000 recap. That's crazy. (laughs) Well, because it's an eclipse very close to your Venus as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, opposing mm-hmm. your Venus. So we'll often see financial implications, you know, when that's involved. Relationship things are often, you know, top of mind when you have eclipses aspecting Venus. And by aspecting, I'm really just talking about conjunction squares and oppositions. Those are the ones I think, because the energy of eclipses, I think we've talked about before, is an energy of change and crisis. And crisis, not necessarily from the, oh, this is terrible. Um, viewpoint, but from the point of view of things are changing. You're at a critical stage where you've taken a particular path as long as you can. Now it's time to turn around and move into another direction. So that's why I only use the major hard aspects to the natal chart from eclipses because that's the nature of eclipses. It's not easy stuff. It's not trying stuff. It's not sextile stuff. It's hard aspect stuff. (laughs) <laughs> it, well, I thought you were, it's hard ass. That's why it is hard ass too. this one is Capricorn, you know, so yes. sure it is. Well, and speaking of Capricorn, I mean, what, what does Capricorn bring to the table? You know, now that we have basically Jupiter is there, we have Saturn, Pluto, obviously that we're talking about the sun moving in through the solstice. Um, and I mean, even if you follow asteroids, we got Ceres there as well. You know, there is just a, a pile up of, of Capricorn. And so, you know, yeah. I think we're all trying to wrap our, our heads around like, what does Capricorn want of us? What does Saturn want of us? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it seems like a lot. <laughs> it's always a lot. And I I don't know about you. I'm talking to a lot of clients now who were born in that period in the late 80s. Yes. Where everything also was in Capricorn and they're having their first Saturn return and they're figuring things out. Yeah, it's kind of a hard energy. And I think this one's been characterized too by the fact the South Node has been in Capricorn. Yes. So on the one hand, the South Node is saying, here's the release point. Here's what to get rid of. These, these are the patterns that are not really serving you well as you move forward. You know, the North Node's in Cancer, and it's like, hey, you know, let's build a community. Let's, let's focus on family. Let's all be one and kumbaya and all this. And Capricorn, Saturn and Pluto down with the South Node in Capricorn, says really this idea of being all for ourselves and very, I mean, ambitious in a very self-serving way mm-hmm. and not really caring for others and not really seeing ourselves as part of a whole um, is, has been working against us. And I think we're seeing that in society. And more and more people are talking about the fact that we're all kind of cut off from each other. Yeah. And on the one hand, the irony, of course, of the digital age is on the one hand, it appears that we're all, we have 50 different ways to miss each other's phone calls and texts yeah. and, and uh, emails now. 
but we're not necessarily as close. We're not necessarily doing group things together and, and all of that. So I think the South Node going through the Capricorn has been saying, let's really, you know, the Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn has been, let's really turn up the, the flame under this Capricorn energy. Let's really take this to the breaking point. And we'll give you so much of this energy that you get a chance to really see, you know what? It's just like we're saying at the beginning, it's like, I'm kind of done with this. <laughs> I'm yeah. kind of done with, done with this, this scary, cold, um, harsh messaging uh, around Saturn, Pluto, and Capricorn. So I don't think Capricorn's a bad side. I love Capricorn, actually. I love Moon in Capricorn, as you have. Mm. I'm very fond of my Saturn in Capricorn. I think it's a it's a fantastic sign. But and the only reason I'm looking at the negative dimensions of it is because of that South Node. Because the South Node says it's not that this is bad, but you have done this. You figured this out. You guys know how to do this as a society. Now let's see if we can learn everything that we know, all the good survival skills and all of the, the ways in which we know how to, to make something from nothing and, and put those into the service of our fellow man, of each other, of a sense of feeling, a collective sense of togetherness. That's how I'm looking at yeah. it. Yeah, I know. I, 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 see that, I see that North Node direction in the same light. Uh, and it's just so hard because everything is just piling up. And if we, if we think about a seesaw and we're like <laughs> trying to, you know, we're trying to put the butt on the other side, but no matter, you know, it's like an elephant sitting at the other end. Um, and it's really just hard. And like you said, with the South Node there, uh, it's just drawing it further down into yeah. that. And so, you know, as as they always say, it's darkest before the dawn or, you know, or the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, we're in, we're in the, the darker part now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, and, you know, I see it all. I, I see people making big changes in their life. And a lot of them, it's, it's circumstantial uh, type of movement because maybe they don't want to change, but, you know, it just is what it is. And, certain decisions have been made or there's different structural elements going on. Uh, the job is, is closing, you know, you don't have that employment anymore or, you know, you know, just all these very tangible because we were remembering that this is an earth sign here. So we, it's, we're seeing the effects, um, before our eyes, like, you know, and, and that's usually the hardest part because it's, it's so real, right? It just feels so real. Um, and, you know, even I see, I saw a post today and of course me and uh, April are recording this pretty early on in the, we're only halfway through sad season as we record mm -hmm. this, but I'm seeing all the lead up uh, to where these eclipses are, are headed. And like, I have a good friend who uh, had a wonderful art gallery uh, here in Barrio Logan uh, called La Bodega, which has been around for six years, you know, always having fabulous art shows, very community driven. Uh, my band had played there a handful of times. Um, and basically they had, they put a note today saying that they're basically forced out of this uh, place they've been for the last six years because the landlord is just, you know, up in the price to where they just cannot, mm, yeah. you know, and it, it's, it kills the community. And we see that with our, our cities um, and especially these bigger cities uh, that it's especially San Francisco, you know, like when you think of city, you think of culture, you think of, mm. you, you know, arts, you think of just, I don't know, the unique things that people bring to the table. And it's just weird sterilization that's going on versus uh, over greed, it seems. Um, and, you know, part of me is like, okay, well, hopefully there's something better for my friends here. You're gonna, they're going to find a solution to that, right? You know, this isn't the place. But it's, 
it's disheartening when you're going through it because you feel like you're at the whim of this, you know, Saturn, Saturnian authority, the Pluto hammer that's coming down. That's like, you can't afford this, <laughs> you know, yeah. move on. And that's, that's definitely speaks of Saturn and Capricorn and Saturn, Pluto and Capricorn and, and the explosion of homeless, homelessness. And every yes. time we go to San Francisco, it's worse. It's horrible in LA. It's getting very bad here in San Diego. And, and you're right. And the way I'm looking at Jupiter uh, going into Capricorn is, is we, we first we had Pluto go into Capricorn and that's very destructive and it just, it raises things to the ground. And then we had Saturn going and Saturn's very constructive, but you want to make sure that you're constructing the right thing for the future. Jupiter will come along and the hope that I have with Jupiter is it helps us put everything into context mm. and put our minds around it and get the big picture and say, oh, this is what has been going on. And everything that we see won't be super optimistic and positive and great, but it's always better to know the truth, I think, is what Jupiter thinks. And uh, I know we're going to talk about Mars going into Sag a little later, and and they're all all of a mind about that. It's better to know what you're dealing with. So it's a lot of energy in one place for sure. But Jupiter is always a guy we're glad to see coming. He may not be at his best in Capricorn, (laughs) but he's always a happy addition to any gathering or any company or any neighborhood or any family or anything where he comes along. Yes. Well, and so interesting that he comes along basically, because we're going to have the solstice uh, on December 21st, which always, you know, is that kickoff point. But it's interesting, all these ingresses into the signs have actually been at the tail end of lunar cycles. So it's Mm -hmm. like we kind of sleep, you know, we sneak into the energy and then, you know, a handful of days later, we get this new moon. But of course, we get a solar eclipse this time around. And Mm -hmm. of course, Santa is bringing that eclipse on the the tails of Christmas, (laughs) um, which will have on at least here in the United States uh, on on Christmas evening, I believe uh, December twenty fifth at nine thirteen p.m. Pacific time, um, and that is that is very Jupiter. Uh, you know, Jupiter is right in there with the mix, and so is that South Node because this is one of our closer eclipses. So right. you know, here Jupiter is at at the party. Um, so April, what do you think, you know, Jupiter, the South node, uh, what my Venus, no, just kidding. Uh, you know, uh, what do you, you know, what do you just kind of, what's I your mean, third eye see? I would say we're not necessarily going to get everything we want for Christmas. <laughs> Even Jupiter's a little bit broke. I know Jupiter. I am bring you practical things. And for me, I love that anyway. To me, it's like, yeah, bring me something I can use anyway. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, Jupiter and Capricorn. It's, it's uh, like I say, it's still Jupiter. He's he's still bringing merriment, but it's like he's got. It's like it's like Santa who's managed to squeeze his way down the chimney, and then he's all <laughs> covered with the soot and dust, and he's looking a little bit bedraggled, and maybe he gets stuck because he's big, and Capricorn tends to like things a little more narrow. Mm. Um, and, well, and it's trying Uranus. All that all that pile up is trying Uranus and Taurus, so maybe he does get stuck. <laughs> yeah, maybe he does, and maybe we have to come along with something to kind of zap him out of there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the aspects to Uranus are, are kind of fun, actually, and sort of jazz up that Capricorn yeah. a little bit, I think. But always, it's just, it's always a wild card. We don't know quite what Uranus is going to do. 
Exactly. And that's kind of, you know, like you can predict all day, but, uh, mm-hmm. it, but the thing is, especially when Uranus is involved, you yeah. just don't know, you know, that it'll probably be of some sort of, you know, tangible, seeable nature, because these are earth signs, you know, something's getting reconfigured on the material realm. Um, mm-hmm. It should be interesting, just like you're saying, like the, for, for gift giving or, you know, because that's like one of the most commercial ho- holidays there is, especially the day after when everyone has their, you know, Christmas money, or at least, you know, well, these people used to do this. I know when I was a kid, I think I was talking about this the other day, how when I was a kid uh, on Christmas, you know, I'd be looking forward to that Christmas money, but there would be the anticipation because, you know, nothing was open on Christmas. Right. And so you'd have to wait right. to the next day uh, to even go anywhere to spend it, which is really fascinating because the idea of, um, uh, you know, desiring something is actually, it stimulates, you know, like dopamine in your brain and you get all, but the, but the, the highest point of wanting something is actually right before you purchase the anticipation. It or, yeah, so it. that actually was the highest point was on, yeah, you yeah. know, Christmas, just like, oh, I can't wait to the mall tomorrow. Um, and uh. so it was, so we've kind of lost that because you can just get online these days and be like, oh, spent, done. Um, but I think well, that's, that's the Iranian part, isn't it? Right. And get so online and we can get our electronics and, you know, our big TV and, and all of that stuff. So it'll be, you know, always with these eclipses, what I find is we really experience it in the week or two before, mm-hmm. especially the first one in the season. Because you'll get a couple together. In the summer, actually, we're going to get three together. But normally you get three. And with the first one you get, whether it's a solar one or a lunar one, that's the one that gets everybody's attention. That's the one that really agitates things and stirs things up. So about, it'll be a pretty frenetic week before Christmas. Yes. Which for many people it is, I opt out of the whole Christmas thing. So to me, it's neither here nor there, mm-hmm. but I experience it through my clients. I'll have a lot of, I sell an eclipse report. I'll probably sell a bunch of those. So my lead up to Christmas will be dealing with that. So it's really the week before from the solstice on that we'll be feeling the as kind of we'll be in the zone. You know, we, uh, that week before we basically, you know, the sun moves into Capricorn, Venus is going to square Uranus on the 22nd mm-hmm, right, right afterwards. Right. So Venus will probably give us a little taste, uh, <laughs> from, um, Aquarius right. what that will look like, uh, and especially, you know, since, yeah, since that whole pileup is trining into Uranus. I think that, I think December 22nd, give or take, uh, the same time that, uh, same day Mars actually sextiles Pluto. Uh, so, you know, and, and those last, you know, breaths of a lunar cycle, there's always some sort of like sliding into home base or the, the last little piece of information comes in, you know, like the story tends to change at that point, And especially in relation to this whole Sagittarius cycle that we're we're currently mm-hmm. in, you know, this is mutable energy. We, we're transitioning into something here. Uh, and I think we're that those emoliating uh, forces are going to be at play, especially right before the holidays. Um, I sort of like that. I like Sagittarius stuff and I find it really energizing and upbeat and optimistic, but it's also a little bit scattered. So I, I don't know. I've got Saturn and Cap. I really like to get super focused about things. So I don't mind all the Capricorn energy all that much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's just a lot in one sign, a lot in one place. And for people who have things in their chart in the cardinal signs, 
it's just a, it's a lot of energy coming at you at once. Yeah, just feel that going in. But in terms of the big picture, what I usually do is take a look at the if there are. First of all, we're just we've just been talking about the chart for the eclipse itself, mm-hmm. where everything's together. In Capricorn, the eclipse point is making a trine to Uranus. It's on the south node and so on. So that's where you start. And you say, this is the energy everybody's dealing with. Now, how is it specific to you? So we've been talking about how it's connecting with Venus in your chart, Venus in my chart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you take the basic nature of the planet that's being aspected, of course, and, and you know, figure out exactly where that is going to be playing out, whether it's relationships for Venus or whether it's money or whether it's about self-confidence, whatever it is, there'll be a lot of things. And then you take a look at the house access that's being involved. So for the solar eclipse, it's just, you know, the Capricorn house. And then when we get to the lunar eclipse later in the month, it also brings in the Cancerian house. So that's how I do it. I start like, way out there, the stuff, the the chart itself and what we're all dealing with and then how you bring that energy into your life and into your chart. So for you, I guess it's again in the third house. In the third house, yeah. Yeah. Yep, so we'll, and I do have, I have some plans and I have some third house plans in store. some themes. um, Yep, you know, because it's Capricorn too. So there is a a building quality here, you know, it's, it's, initiating some sort of earthly agenda or structure. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I've been saying uh, you know, this whole year, <laughs> talking about, you know, Saturn, Pluto, right. um, is that, you know, a lot of this, the, the scape has been cleared away because we are, um, you know, we're under construction. We are building a new foundation. And I think that this particular eclipse is kind of almost like that last hurrah of the of letting go of the old to then, you know, rebuild or what, Right. What the next plan is, you know, what, where, where are we architecting our energy next? And Jupiter's going to help with that, I think, obviously, because Jupiter's there. Jupiter's trying to move us along, grow the situation further. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the idea that Jupiter is going to be in opposition to my Venus at the eclipse. That has to be ah. somewhat nice, right? I actually <laughs> like oppositions, I, and I like oppositions to Venus. I even had an opposition from transiting Pluto to my Venus for uh, like a year, and it was awesome. I had the best time. Uh, oppositions work really differently than conjunctions. They do. They do. Yeah. And well, and that's the thing with oppositions. You always have to keep in mind that it, chances are you're going to experience it outside of yourself. Yeah, through somebody yeah. possibly close to you. So it sounds great for Stu. You know, he gets it's nice. He gets to be the Jupiter. Well, he is person. looking for employment, new employment. Uh, and so that's I'm hoping, good. I have some fingers crossed, he does have a Saturn ruled midheaven. So yeah. <laughs> but, well, that sounds positive. Hopefully that that will be good in that area. So, so we shall see, but I, you know, I think the story is just definitely moving forward at that point. Now that Jupiter's there, uh, if you, if you find that things fall away and that beginning part or something, and it doesn't even have to be, uh, taken from you on from someone else it could just be that i don't want this anymore you know like i'm all about this quality versus quantity thing and you know uh, the patience versus haste it's like i don't want this i don't need this i'm seeing i donated a bunch of things the other day to the the salvation army and i swear they were like piled up you know everyone is just over it. Like I, I clean up the storage room that I no longer wanted how, you know, that's very Saturn Pluto. And this, these 
couple guys were there as well. And they had like a, a crazy haul. I was like, do you work at the swap meet? And he's like, no. <laughs> like, what do you have all this stuff for? And he's like, I don't want it. And I'm like, right? I don't want it either. None of us want this crap anymore. And so I think that, I, I feel like the South Node can really help us get rid of just the, some of the stuff that mm-hmm. might be just weighing us down. Um, yeah, because it's a symbol. It's a symbol of the psychological stuff that's weighing us down, exactly. spiritual stuff and everything else. And it's always a good idea to play along in a sort of a spiritual theater with the planets. And, you know, that's a good outward sign. It's like clear out a cabinet, you know, where you do your pantry, whatever it is you can do. You know, that's funny because I saw uh, my good friend Kiki Matova, who's been, she was the first person ever on the podcast, actually. Oh, wow. she, she posted a challenge today. It's a, tw- it's a nine day challenge uh, where you uh, get rid of 27 things per day. Mm. And I mean, that can be simple things like you, you know, you clean out receipts from your purse, you know, like it's just the idea of taking the time to clear out 27 things every day to like get rid of that old stuff and and welcome in the fresh new energy that's trying to get in. And so I like that. If anyone wanted to take that challenge, especially at this time of year, you know, we might find that that takes the pressure off of us because we're actively you know, because this is a cardinal sign too, and cardinal sign is very movable. It's active. It's it, yes. you know, it, it's always trying to get moving. <laughs> well, um, we're getting to the point where we will not bring something new in the house without getting rid of something else because there's yes. no room. We live in a funky old 1920s bungalow, and there is not enough storage space. So, and it's true in my life as well. I my life got intensely overcrowded with way too many commitments. And so I'm just kind of here at the end of the year, starting to get, you know, getting ready to offboard some of that. And you were talking about the same thing of just figuring out how you want the next year to look. So, (coughs) excuse me, always at this time of the year, we're starting to do that process of reassessment and say, what is it that's no longer really serving me? But it's just really accentuated, I think, by the South Node energy converging, especially with Saturn and Pluto. Yes. To make their conjunction. Yeah, so get rid of it, people. We don't Set need it. it Let it go. Set it free. Give it to give someone else. <laughs> give it to charity, you know. Um, and hopefully they can make some money off of it and repurpose exactly. it. Uh, because hey, you know, it is the, the holiday time and it is the giving time of the year, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I think, yeah. I think that's I think that's what's supposed to happen here. It gets overshadowed by all the consumerism and the <laughs> Um, but there is the nature of generosity and giving in the Christmas. Well, there's your Jupiter. There's the Jupiter. Jupiter's helping there. Mm-hmm. So basically we have this eclipse that, you know, kicks us off here on a kind of a sleepy Christmas, which should be an interesting Christmas to say the least, because, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times just new moons and energy are in general, they kind of suck the energy out of you uh, mm-hmm. to some extent. So in an eclipse on that. Um, so, you know, just everyone, if you're traveling or, you know, just be aware, take your time, prepare as well as you can, <laughs> especially with the trine to Uranus, because you just never know. Um, yes. So, but then we have Mercury. So Mercury is basically going to join our cap party starting uh, December 28th. Uh, and Mercury is going to be very caught up in, in you know, in the next uh, lunar eclipse we'll talk about, and really the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, because the yes. messenger has plenty to share within this. Um, so, I mean... 
and then so basically we have Mercury joining in on twelve twenty eight, and then Mars is going to enter Sagittarius uh, on January third before we even get to the lunar eclipse. So, what do you think? You know, what what's Mercury going to bring? What's what's the Sagittarius Mars going to bring? Any any oh, thoughts boy. on that? I mean, Mercury goes so fast, doesn't he? But <laughs> he does. but but he is the one that makes sense of things, and yeah. and the one that assigns names and labels to things. So to the extent that we're having trouble, you know, when we were looking at this chart for the solar eclipse and kind of our jaws dropping and there's just so much there to unpack, Mercury is the guy that can come in and untangle things Mm. and say, okay, this belongs to Jupiter, this belongs to Saturn, this belongs to Pluto and help us parse it out a little bit. So he brings that rationality to the party and to help us define our terms and get a little clearer about those things. Mars coming into Sag, you know, Mars would be going from, of course, the sign that it rules, and it's really, really strong. Uh, Going into Sagittarius starts to disperse the energy a little bit. It's like light hitting a crystal, and it's this prismic effect, and light goes off in all kinds of exciting directions, and it's very colorful. So I would say, it, uh, in a sense, it's always a good cycle for taking action about your larger goals. And your dreams, which is something we all want to do right after the first of the year anyway. And I just love that experience of getting a new planner and cracking it open and writing stuff. And it's just, there's so much promise at the beginning there of the year. There is. Yeah. So <laughs> Mars being Sag at least kind of takes a little bit of the chill off all of that I, Capricorn stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it will help, uh, you know, the, the spirit move forward in the sense of like, okay, I'm, I'm in this. I'm on this journey. I'm ready. Like, let's do I'm this. All in. I'm all I'm in. I'm all in, you know, because <laughs> really, I mean, at that point, Mars is going to be looking to old Jupiter and Capricorn. So he's still going to have some Capricorn flavor and Sag, but I think mm-hmm. that's going, I, you know, it's just helping that agenda that's really piling up uh, in whatever area of that chart, like you, you were saying, April, yeah. you know, pay attention to where all this is happening in your chart because <laughs> that's where it's all happening <laughs> and yes. with offshoots to certain, you know, houses. And you have one or two houses are really getting clobbered. And that just tells you without even getting so mercurial about it and parsing it out bit by bit, just say a whole lot of stuff in this area of your life, a whole lot's going on there, a whole lot of pressure, a whole lot of intensity, and just start from there. A whole so, lot of shaking going on. A lot of shaking going on. <laughs> I had this amazing dream last night, actually, that, and I never remember my dreams, but there was this huge you know how if we have an earthquake and there's this jolt? Well, it was this big jolt and this noise, like something huge falling and mm-hmm. hitting the ground. But I could tell it wasn't an earthquake because I've lived in California a long time. I know what an earthquake feels like. And that's what this energy, I think, really feels like. The Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, something big going wham and leaving a crater in some area of your life. So... Oh, that sounds a little scary, but (laughs) I think that's, everybody knows. I'm not telling anybody something they don't know. Everyone's experiencing this somewhere. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you had that dream because you said that was last night or the other night. Well, it was two nights ago for me when, um, when the Aquarius moon was squaring uh, Uranus uh, Mm -hmm. in Taurus, and that was happening while we slept here uh, in North America. Um, I had dreamt, oh, actually it was a little bit after. Anyways, it was basically, the moon was basically transferring light from Uranus to Mars. 
in squares, right? And so I had this dream that I was in this high rise building on a, on a rather tall floor. I knew I was, you know, dozens of stories up and all of a sudden the, the building started to shake and I realized that we were in an earthquake. Um, and then this, this intercom came over with this woman's voice telling everybody, everybody get down, get down on the floor. And I'm like, and it's all starting to shake. And I'm like, and I was just giving myself a pep talk. I was like, you can just get through this. Cause you know, being like you said, being in Southern California, like you learn, you know, what this looks yeah. like. And so in my, in my dream, I was like, just, just hold on. It's going to be over very soon. Yeah. And, and I just held on. Funny that yeah. we both had a similar dream. Yes. So we that, feel it coming. Exactly. Yeah. I so, always picture it like at the beginning of Monty Python, I think it is. There's that huge anvil that comes down or that huge <laughs> flood or something goes bang on all of us. So that's kind of leading up to this this lunar eclipse, I guess, yes. that comes, uh, comes a little bit later and I think is more intense than the solar eclipse just because it's so close to the exact Saturn-Pluto conjunction. It's like two days before the conjunction. That is very true. That is very so, true. So that the, for, so perhaps the, our solar eclipse is, is setting up our, our story here, or our longer-term story, but the lunar eclipse, much like Saturn-Pluto, um, feels definitely the ending <laughs> or, or, you know, or the, the, the switchover, the pivot of the, the cardinal energy um, yeah. where we can kind of close down uh, to then rebuild towards that North Node emphasis there. So, yeah. you know, so lunar eclipse on January 10th, um, on the same day that Uranus stations in the sky, as we talk mm-hmm. about earthquakes, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and that's the same day that the sun and Mercury, uh, are in Kazemi, uh, in the skies, which I found very interesting, April, because the inferior conjunction to the sun and Mercury, which happened, you know, a handful of weeks ago, uh, that was the occultation that was like the closest mm-hmm. that, you know, like think about how special the start of the cycle was within that inferior conjunction. And here we come around to this lunar eclipse, uh, Saturn, Pluto, you know, Sun, Mercury in this, in this formation. And so I don't know, cause that was a pretty pivotal time for a lot of people that Sun, Mercury uh, moving together. And there was something else going on that the day after that, Oh, oh, the full moon in Taurus. Yeah, that was yeah. a tough one. That whole period for me, I mean, personally, was pretty tough. And talking to some clients that were struggling to get through that one as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll take a look at, at what that's going to mean for us in terms of the lunar eclipse. I, you know, lunar eclipses are always so much of a relationship energy. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's an opposition between the sun and the moon. So as you said, often oppositions are resolved by people or situations from outside of you, or you see it on the TV, or you see it acting out. I would say if you don't have anything in your chart with between like 16 and 24 degrees of a cardinal sign, you're much more likely to experience this tangentially, just yeah. through somebody kind of in your, in your environment, but maybe not super close to you. But they're always turning points for relationships, lunar eclipses. And because they make everything clear, there's nothing between the sun and the moon to to obstruct their view of each other. Um, so, well, other than in an eclipse when the Earth is there, so <laughs> there, there there are definitely earthly concerns, like yeah. about money or something like that. Uh, that it, that tends to be the sticking point in the issue. But really, it's also overshadowed, shadowed by the Saturn Pluto conjunction that's building. So 
yeah, it's a make it or break it time for sure. Yeah. I, I, cause basically we have the, we have that lunar eclipse on January 10th. Um, and Uranus stationing, which is always going to bring. So if you have any planets in the early degrees of fixed signs, uh, that Uranus will be doing its own thing <laughs> to you. You know, that, that Taurus, uh, Leo, uh, Scorpio, Aquarius uh, flavor, you know, keep an eye out for some, some unexpected, maybe a little jolt or maybe expected, but now it's here type of moments. Um, and then we move on to basically Saturn, Pluto, Mercury, and Sun all conjunct from January 12th to the 13th. So those are kind of, you know, of course, these are slow movers. So we're going to feel the whole season, but that hot spot date really between the 10th and the, and the 13th. It's <laughs> uh, pretty pivotal. It, you can look back, actually, we had an eclipse um, close to 20 degrees of Cancer. It was a solar eclipse in July of 2018, so yes. recent memory. We talked about it. Yeah. So, you know, go back and re-listen to the listen podcast to that, yeah. that day, you know, and see what we've talked about. I haven't revisited, so I, I don't I have no idea. Me either. I don't know. We were probably very astute. I don't know. Um, so, you know, again, if we look back to, let's see, January of 2001 is really the last time we had um, probably a comparable lunar eclipse. So, you know, going back to that time period too, and 2001 all gets wiped out of my mind <laughs> pre-September. Um, yeah. I can't really remember what the year was like before that, but um, that would have been a similar turning point. But it was nothing as dramatic as this because of the implication here with Saturn and Pluto and everything all, all uh, glommed up together. So Yeah, so yeah. concentration, really. That's what we're experiencing here is intense concentration in one area. <laughs> of, yeah, of and, the, and you know, the Mercury, we were talking about Mercury before and how he can help us make sense of these things and help us, you know, when we were looking around um, the end of uh, uh, December, rather, when it goes into Capricorn and thinking, oh, wow, here's, here's Mercury to come along and help us make sense of all this. Well, yeah, but then he's going to be in his conjunction with the sun and it, he could be screaming at us what's going on and we're not going to see him. We're not going to hear him. He's going to be frantically pantomiming to us and we're like, <laughs> it's all about the sun and Saturn and we just have no clue. Yeah. So don't lose your heads. But And just know, I think, going into lunar eclipses especially, it's like the solar eclipse has this really physical manifestation. I know mm. some people really experience it on a physical level. And then the lunar eclipse um, is is trying to find something strong to hold on to, something, it's the earth, it's the earth principle, that, that the earth is overshadowing um, the lunar principle and saying, just find something solid you can hold on to and just go along for the ride and be, um, you know, at the end of the Titanic floating on the door or whatever. <laughs> this gruesome imagery but i think it's just par for the course with the planets that we're talking about like you know that's it's it's kind of the fun of it you know call my call me a little grim with my scorpio capricorn planets but we like it we like i like it that way you know and what you know it's interesting too about that uh the lunar eclipse on the January 10th is, well, A, you know, uh, Ceres is also in the mix there too, which when you just think about Ceres, if you work with Ceres, is that nurturing principle. And here it is in Capricorn. And I know a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of clients that I have that are nurturing um, these 
big, these big kind of job changes or these create project projects that they're taking on or these life moves that they're making um, uh, that are aligned with their with particular goals and ambitions that they have for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that series is basically there to help, you know, help to nurture that, you know, like help. So because it's, everything's so concentrated and it's not going to be easy, none of this is easy when you build your own business or you buy, you know, like that work is required of you. Practical mm-hmm. sense is required of you. You know, commitment and discipline is required of you. Um, but if we have kind of the, the nurturing quality of that to help, it's, you know, bring that into cohesion and be part of the equation rather than something that is working at, you know, across purposes, then that will make the ride go smoother, even though we might be asked of harder things of ourselves mm-hmm. at that time. So that's well, a on, a, on a much more mundane level. You know, I, I think at the beginning of the year, lots of people want to change their diet and they want to change yes. their health and all of that. True. And series coming together with Saturn. It's not a bad time to do that. Series with, um, with Saturn and Pluto. Sounds well, that's a good way of looking at right, that I'm too, right? Positively and say that could be a good thing. It's also interesting to see Ceres coming towards Pluto because they were sort of old enemies, mythologically speaking, uh, mm-hmm. Hades. and, and uh, I know, I have them opposite in my chart, exactly. <laughs> yes, you get it, you get it. So uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, pay attention to what's happening in the news around those days because that's, that's where we'll really see this stuff writ large. And in your own chart, in your own life, depending on how things are constructed, it may or may not impact you quite so personally. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at my second Saturn return just after this a month later, and I'm trembling in my boots a little bit. <laughs> it's been a little bit of a trying um, approach to it, as it always is. I think you come up to these big returns, like a Saturn return, and it's not on the day of the Saturn return that it's challenging it's really the year yes it's all everything around it yeah well that's a great way to look at it because you know even though everything is coalescing at this point in time you know it's no no big bangs out of the sky even though we're dreaming about such things (laughs) even though we're dreaming you know it saturn is gradual this is a gradual process you know uranus is going to bring some things in the mix probably with that when the sun trines in and that the solar eclipse energy um but really you know a lot of what's happening is not really news to people. Um, mm-hmm. It's just now we have to kind of, you know, face the <laughs> face the music to some certain extent. And, and well, the train has been coming, and we've been hearing it on the track. Yes, right here. But now you seriously better get out of its way. <laughs> yes, seriously. Exactly. And you know, are you going to step to one side? What are you going to do with it? Because you can't. There are certain forces in life that we can't really negotiate with, and we can't really yeah. bargain with. Pluto's one of them. Saturn's one of them. And having them both together is just kind of like the universe putting up a big palm and saying this far, no further. And we have to say, okay, we have to respect that. And we have to say there is something we've been trying to do that isn't right for us. It's Mm. not ours. It doesn't belong to us. And we have to step aside, you know, and let it move on. Well, so let us untie ourselves from the ropes on the tracks that someone had roped <laughs> us up and we've yeah. been stuck on this train and now you have a pocket knife and you're going to cut yourself free. Yeah. Well, that's more uh, sad coming along, you know, and, well, and honest and- to some degree. And you know what's fascinating, April, about uh, at least Mars's position there, and really the way Mars is in its cycle right now is that we're having a couple. Each time we have these new moons, Mars is actually 
at the degree of the previous new moon. Yeah. So, and that's fascinating to me that there's this like coming around activation for maybe a prior story from the lunar month. So we're going forward in this future stuff, but we're also resolving a lot of the agenda with the Mars energy that is, uh, you know, behind everything, which Mm -hmm. is, I think is a blessing, you know, having Mars ahead of everything, you know, (laughs) that's when we get in trouble. He's just up there, you know, cutting a swath and making trouble. And if he's coming along afterwards, then he is the one that comes along and says, okay, well, you've got this plan. Let me help you do something. Yes. And then exactly. he's helpful instead of just being the advanced team yeah. and putting a lot of stuff down that you may end up later deciding you could have used right. after all. Well, and especially since Mars is uh, exalted in Capricorn. So just when we're talking about Capricorn in general, we're going to look at Saturn and Mars and the equation uh, by looking at rulership. And so Mars you know, plays his own part here. And I think that's an intriguing placement, especially activating the, the transitional period lunar cycle that we're, we're actually talking in right now as we yes. discuss this. Oh. Well said. Yes. So... So basically, we're going to get through, you know, that hairy period of about January. I'm just going to put 8th through the 15th. Just put a whole like little week there. Um, but we got, then we have Venus is going to enter Pisces, which we know she likes on January 13th. Um, and so I think that's a little, maybe a little sweet a connecting type of bomb after she's been in, you know, Aquarius for some time and she'd been in Capricorn before that. And so we're out of Saturn rules and now Venus, at least my Venus, as we talk about it, my eclipsed Venus, you know, we're getting into this Pisces energy that is, I don't know, it seems forg- forgiving. That's funny. <laughs> kind of forgiving and kind of... Um, uh, our friend Christopher Rinstrom, who came and spoke for us in San Diego a couple months ago, had such a nice talk with him about Venus. And I'm so out of touch with Venus a lot of the time because mm. I'm all about Saturn all the time and Mars. And he said, well, just think of Venus as, as, as how you attract people to you, how you attract to you what it is that you want. So as Venus is transiting along, we know she's just generally, the, the Venus principle is stronger in society when Venus is going through a sign that she rules or, or is exalted Often. in, she is in Pisces. So um, we know the Venus principle is strong. And this is a time when Venus will be calling to us and saying, enough with the Saturn, Pluto now. You've been talking about Mars. You've been talking about everything but me. Let's yes. talk about me. <laughs> she is a jealous goddess and she wants to be put first. So That's funny. Venus going into Pisces in her own pretty sweet, gentle little way is a little bit of a tigress. And that's a time when Venus starts to say, now let's see how we can bring beauty out of all this rubble. Mm. You know? Yeah. What is left that we can make music with? Yes. You know? Creative um, energy. Yeah, yeah. Creative stuff and also just enjoyment. Yes. After, just, yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a party because you and I are both very proactive. So we're always thinking, yeah, what can we create? But that's more of a solar function, right? A Mars function. And Venus is like, no, it's not about doing anything productive. I mean, maybe if you have Venus in an Earth sign or something. But it's really about how can I enjoy, you know, enjoy life a little bit more? How can I have a little bit of fun, enjoy the people around me, um, eat nice things and be with nice people and enjoy life a little bit? So 
It's, yeah. it's a little bit of a consolation prize after all of that. I think so. <laughs> yes. I'll so take I'll, I'll take it too. Uh, you know, that's my fifth house. So I'll extra take it once uh, right. she gets there. So, you know, Venus will enter Pisces on January 13th, you know, right. Basically the same day that we have all that Saturn, Pluto, Mercury, sun action. Right. Um, right. But I, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that she will kind of bring that, like you said, like a little bit of release, maybe a little, maybe a little healing bomb, maybe a little like let's just yeah. enjoy something. Like let's the let time. go. And, she, you know? and she's been there all year too. It's just we don't tend to tune into that frequency because all of our energy and it has been going toward. It, it, okay, so it's like if you're living through World War II in London and bombs are going off all around you, you know. But if you're a little kid, you're still going to find something to play with. Because there is in us something that wants to wants to um, not just survive but thrive and yeah. find not just meaning to life but a reason to live it in the first place enjoy to enjoy it, it yeah. and, and being here. And sometimes it's a little hard to 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 see that <laughs> because it, it's <laughs> been a tough year for a lot of people. Uh, horrible things. Yeah. So. You know, so Venus will help us a little bit out in that area. She, yeah, you know, so. she she won't have all the glory, but she'll give enough of, to like probably release yeah. some pressure and, and enjoy things. And at least a little comfort and a little exactly, exactly. a kind um, word here and there. Yeah, and especially relationships too, because like you said, April with the uh, lunar eclipses, you know. They're usually a relationship component to that. And all water signs are a connective merging type of energy. And so uh, perhaps Venus entering Pisces is going to help in the relationship uh, area as well, um, you know, to help heal things, bring people together, or even be able to release and let go and move on in life too, if that just didn't work out, you know, because uh, mm-hmm. we're all going to find ourselves on different ends of things and it just depends on your own chart and how it's interacting. Um, so, so we know Venus entering Pisces is, is going to help us out in this all. But before we get to the end of uh, our Capricorn season, you know, we kind of have a last hurrah with Mercury entering Aquarius and giving us a lovely square to Uranus around, you know, January 16th through the 18th. So that's a kind of, you know, expect the unexpected moment. Um, and more kind of more shakeups and maybe a continuation of uh, some of the trine energy that might have been at the solar eclipse when Uranus had right. Energy. That's how I like to look at those because trine energy is so easy um, that we will sometimes take it for granted and not really make the most of it and actualize it. It's when you get a square to come along yeah. and activate things that it really brings out the lovely uh, promise of the trine. So I don't, you know, Mercury's strong in Aquarius and and it, Aquarius has some affinity with Uranus. So I think the two are kind of in cahoots in some interesting way, but I would say, yeah, not a really great day to buy a computer or <laughs> a new cell phone or whatever you're doing because that Mercury Uranian energy is very much trickster energy. Yes. Um, so just no, but it's a good day for inspiration. If you're a creative yes. person and you want to do something with all of this, you know, Venus Pisces stuff or all of this eclipse stuff or all of this Capricorn stuff, there's your opportunity. 
when Mercury is making the square to Uranus. Yes. And well, and like you were saying earlier with the trine, you know, and the solar eclipse and just everything getting situated there. So maybe, you know, because Uranus brings that kind of liberation energy and where we kind of want to free ourselves up for things. So chances are, you know, we might have been flowing with that for the lunar cycle, but it's going to take until Mercury gets to Aquarius. You know, Aquarius is concerned about the future. What is the possibility for moving on from here in that bigger picture? New perspective, you know, I think is Mm -hmm. part of this all. Um, But Mercury is also a communicator, right? And so I'm thinking that that is when we're going to see more, you know, maybe some more uh, configuration within what we were trying to release from throughout the cycle. And so Mercury, because Mercury gets things moving, he's, he's fast, and especially in Aquarius, he's probably extra fast. Um, so well, I'm and thinking... And, and he says the words, you know, it's... Yes, but exactly. He gives, he gives the, the expression to things that we've been feeling or thinking or the changes we've been wanting to make, but we're you know, sometimes you're in a situation where it's a relationship or whatever it is, and you know you have to make a change, but you just don't have the words for it. Yes. You don't have the script for it. Yes. You think if somebody could just give me the dialogue, I know that I could sort this out. <laughs> and I think that's Mercury coming on. Finally, he's our speech writer and comes along and says, just say this. I love that. And, <laughs> and of course, what he will choose to say will probably stir things up a little bit. Yes. This is where you're honest. But it is... Uh, I'm with you. To me, Uranus is the great liberator. He's the one that breaks us out of jail. Um, so yeah, well, well, in Capricorn season, it's, it's, it might be about as jail as you get a little bit. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, we're going to need some powerful aspects to Uranus to yeah. So even though that it can be a little bit of a volatile, uh, volatile pairing, I think. Uh, Given the situation that is up, you know, up until that point, I think that is a nice kind of breakthrough moment on yeah. on many levels um, internally. I think you're right external. because it, it seems like such an inconsequential uh, development. You know, yeah. Mercury moves so quickly, and it's like, yeah, so what? And, and we overlook Mercury unless he's going retrograde, and then everybody's, oh, this guy's falling. <laughs> but, but Mercury is the guy that that holds it all together. He's the connective tissue, right? Um, that that draws the parallels between one thing and another, and the great magician with with everything at his disposal to make things come together. Um, but it's easy to overlook him until he makes it impossible. <laughs> <laughs> today will yes. it, it will be impossible to overlook him. I Absolutely. So, so keep in mind, mid January, around January sixteenth through the eighteenth, that's when that's when we have our uh, our Uranian uh, mercurial moments. Um, so make the best of that because there could be an absolute aha moments, and we move this story forward. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, so I think we have demonstrated that we have quite active Capricorn season, eclipse season, uh, the season we've been waiting for and talking about for, you know, the last 20 years. No. Um, well, we'll just be glad it's over with so we can talk about something, something else. else. I we know. Talk about Jupiter, Saturn or something. Or Jupiter, yes. That'll be next. Yeah. Jupiter, Saturn, yeah. probably, because that's a big yeah. change. So now if you were to leave anybody with a tip, April, what, I mean, what would you tell people to, for, for this Capricorn energy? You had like one little nugget of April wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> with the eclipse stuff or with the Capricorns? Any stuff? of Definitely. it. Any of it. Well, we're ending up a season. We're ending up a Capricorn season. And, you know, we've been, it's taken us a long time to get here. We've gone through a lot to get to this point. And we're not completely out of the woods yet. But finally, we really see what is being asked of us. 
and we have responded to it, you know, to whatever degree we've been able. And here in the last part of the year, in the beginning of next year, these eclipses give us the opportunity to conclude this chapter because soon enough we'll go on to eclipses in the next sign pair, which is Gemini and uh, Sagittarius. And that's, that's a very different story. Yes. So I think, um, you know, look at it with that in mind and say, this is not your last chance to fix whatever has gotten broken this year, but it's a really good time to take stock and just kind of see how you might want to build things a little differently going forward. Um, I don't know. How's yeah, that? I think that's great. That's, that's <laughs> great. I like the idea of taking stock and like, and just, yeah. well, and, and realizing that through all these shifts that, you know, Saturn is, a, a, this is a turtle game. This is a slow game. That is, these are a lot of conjunctions that are being made in the first part of mm-hmm. the year, which means this is the changing of the guard. We're getting situated. We're closing down. We're starting mm-hmm. up. Eclipses are like that too, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. this in-between period. Um, so treat it as such, you know, and treat yourself mm-hmm. through it. Uh, I, I saw Nadia Shah had posted something, um, recently about well Jupiter going into Capricorn and and just everybody talks about self-care and we think about self-care like oh maybe get your nails done or do this and she's like no let's think about self-care like you know what maybe burden can I take off my back or what was going to like uh cultivate my life so I don't have to escape from things because I'm setting my life up more with a structure that uh, you know supports me and maybe supports that north node and cancer that is like you know and so it's more about a reconfiguration kind of like that uh, a new form of nurturing uh Mm -hmm. through setting goals that set you up so you're not trying to you know get away from them uh you know and and to not be busting your hump constantly and on the little hamster wheel. And we just have to be aware as we're moving forward to build new things, to not be in too big of a hurry because you can build things. It's like somebody who marries someone just because they feel they're the right age to get married. It's It's not the right foundation for a serious relationship and you know so many things that that you know say your house burns down and you're like oh I'm in a hurry to just build something because I need something to live in and while that's understandable it's not necessarily going to give you exactly the house that's right for you yes so it's about being willing to to you know, cinch our belts a little bit and do without in a couple of areas. If, if it's because we're waiting for the time to be right for the things to come to us that really are ours, um, mm. that will really help us flourish and have the right foundation for our lives. Ah, oh, I love it. All right. Oh. Well, yes. So we have, we have given you the Capricorn. <laughs> yes. Now, speaking of Capricorn, April, tell us all that you have going on. Tell us about your new podcast, where people can find yes. you, all that jazz. So much stuff. Well, my website is bigskyastrology.com. And that is where you can find information about my readings and reports that I sell and that kind of thing. And I do have a new podcast called the Big Sky Astrology Podcast. We're on our third episode or something, I think, and with a wonderful uh, woman who um, is in Minneapolis. Her name's Jen Brown, and she is my co-host, and she's producing the podcast for me, and she's just 
brilliant and lovely and wonderful. We're having the best time doing it. So you can find that in iTunes and the usual places, wherever you get your podcast spots. (laughs) Yeah. And the whole idea with our podcast really is to take, because, because she's more of an intermediate level astrology enthusiast. And, you know, she really liked my weekly column that I write about the planetary highlights for the week. And we thought, well, why don't we take those concepts and break them down a little bit for people who are just kind of coming along their astrological journey. So I think there's actually plenty for people that are a little more uh, well-educated astrologically, but plenty for people who are just getting their feet wet as well. Mm, perfect. So what we are doing. Yeah. So especially if you, you know, are you a beginner or an immediate, or immediate, immediate, <laughs> intermediate uh, level, you know, this is be a fantastic listen because it's, it yeah. helps coaching a- along with some of the, you know, like Saturn, slowing it down, taking it, questioning mm-hmm. it, what, breaking it down into pieces. Yeah, exactly. That's Perfect. what we're trying to do. So uh, I hope people will tune in and I hope they will enjoy it. Well, congratulations on your new effort. I'm sure people are going to love Thank it. You. I mean, Thank what's you. not to love with April? You know, well, like, I'm going to we're happy to that Leo horn. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. She has to do that too. She, she, she says, I can't believe I'm the Libra and I'm constantly having to promote the Leo because you won't do it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got squares to Neptune. What can I tell you? Yes. <laughs> and then Virgo Mars at the know, top the of Virgo, the chart. Virgo Midhead. So humble when she doesn't need to It's be. a little humble, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> thank you for tuning my horn for me, Matt. No problem. I will always do that. <laughs> and, and thank you for inviting me on again. I Absolutely. love to chat with you. Yes. So of course, now I will share, uh, I always do a blog post and I'll probably share some of these breakdowns that we talked about here. And I like, I've been doing a little uh, videos lately where I'll do uh, a, a video of the transit so you can watch the wheel through the skies in the in the period. So uh-huh. you can find that over at energeticprinciples.com. Uh, and also, you know, of course, keeping abreast on social media. I'm at Energetic Principles at Facebook and Instagram. Uh, same for April, right? You're Thank right. you. I was just saying, I was just thinking, oh, I should have said all that. But I'm in the usual places and I'm Big Sky Astrology everywhere. Yes. Google Big Sky Astro- Astrology or Google Energetic Principles and you, you'll find us. You'll find us. We are. <laughs> We're into our branding. That's right. <laughs> we are. So um, now, of course, I always tout my Patreon page. So if you would like to support the podcast in a way or sign up for my Astro Story Time, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Uh, So I'll probably get you there too. Um, Now I know people need to hear about eclipse season. I know people need to hear about Saturn, Pluto, and I know they need to hear about Capricorn uh, time. So spread the good word, share it with a friend, Uh, leave a nice review wherever you listen to this on whatever outlet you happen to be on, because that helps us be seen further and to get the word out. So people know the sky is not falling. We are just, (laughs) we're just, just changing gears. If it is, we're here to, if it does, we're here to catch it. Let's put it. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I love that. So, all right. Well, as always, April, you are fabulous. Thank you again for joining me. No, I've I really enjoyed it and I appreciate you asking. Oh, anytime, anytime. (laughs) Anytime I get April, reel that fish in. Um, (laughs) And thank you so much for listening and supporting the podcast and coming here every week to hear us talk about these astro things. So I wish you a fabulous uh, Capricorn season, eclipse season. Just a reminder, I will not be on air this following week, but I will be back on the 30th uh, for um, the astrology of 2020, which is a whole other thing there. So just FYI. So Because self-care. 
Self-care. Self-care. That's right. I'm trying. Uh, All right, everyone. We'll have a fabulous uh, couple weeks. And as always, may the stars be with you. Mm -hmm.